this is Joy Deo from Sweet Nobody, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about the show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. Welcome back, everybody, to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You are listening to Theriosity, the only show on these airwaves that dives right into the world of the paranormal conspiracy rarities, oddities, and the curious. And before we hop right into the weird places we're going to be talking about today and places that you probably could visit if you are in their respective areas. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, stick around. First, I wanted to talk a little bit about the fun drive that's going on right now. So as you guys know, KUCI is the radio station here at UCI, and we are entirely volunteer-based. And because of that, We ask for donations just one time a year. Our goal right now is to reach $10,000, and all that money goes towards helping us at the station, whether that's buying new equipment when we need it, things to, you know, help make the lives of us DJs and PA hosts a little bit easier, you know, also that we can bring the best music and programming to you. Remember, KUCI is always free to listen to, so... If you find it so in your heart, you can always donate. We have people right now in the lobby ready to take your call. And, of course, if you donate, you can snag some cool premiums. There's a lot of cool KUCI merch like T-shirts, mugs, uh, USB drives, water bottles, tote bags. And, of course, you can grab stuff like CDs, vinyls, tickets for upcoming shows in the area. Lots of cool stuff are... Uh, people on the phones will tell you all about it if you call in. And, of course, you can call in at 949-824-5824. The easy way to remember that is 949-UCI-KUCI. It would mean a lot to all of us here at the station to have you guys call in and donate. So let's get on with what we are here to talk about. So one thing that we all know is haunted houses. Whether we think our own houses are haunted, or we know someone who supposedly lives in a haunted house, 
or you know that scary house down on the end of the block, probably haunted. We're all familiar with classic haunted house stories. So today I'm going to be talking about two very famous haunted houses. In fact, they're always on the top lists of the most haunted places in America. And they are right here in California. And you can go visit them. They give tours and you can, yeah, go and experience it for yourself if you are so brave to. So the first one I'm going to be talking about is the infamous Winchester House. Now, the Winchester House is located up in San Jose, California, so that is a bit of a drive from here. But I wanted to represent, you know, North Cal and SoCal, so stick around for the next one if you don't want to make that long of a drive. <laughs> so, the Winchester House. This was built by Sarah Lockwood Winchester, who lived from 1839 to 1922. She was married to the son of the man who invented the famous Winchester rifle. So, when her husband died away in 1881, she was not only left as a lonely widow, but he left her $20 million. Not only is that a lot of money in today's uh, world, I'm saying he left her $20 million in 1881 money which translates to over half a billion in today's money. So you can do a lot with that. And a lot she did do with it. So he also left her 50% holding in the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. So she was one of the richest women of her day. And if you're wondering how much she was making off her 50% holding, she had an income of about $1,000 a day in 1881 money, which is about 25 k a day in our money. And she wasn't really in charge of anything, so essentially just her free income, you know. So good for her. <laughs> so she used the money to um, build the Winchester Mansion. And there is a lot of speculation on why she built this mansion. So let's talk a little bit about her life and what led her to do this. Unfortunately, she was plagued by a lot of bad luck and death in her life. Um, her father-in-law, who was the inventor of the Winchester rifle, passed away, left everything to his son, which was her husband. So they were in charge of the Winchester company. Unfortunately, their only child passed away at only a few months old from tuberculosis. And less than a decade later, she lost her husband again to tuberculosis. So she was left alone with all this money and a lot of fear. She reached out to a psychic and the psychic told her that the reason these bad things in her life were happening was because... The spirits of those who were killed by the Winchester rifles were seeking their revenge. Now, she's not the one who invented the rifle. She was just married to the son of the guy who invented the rifle. But I guess she was the last person in the chain. So the vengeful spirits were coming after her. So she said, you know, what can I do to stop this? How can I appease these spirits? And the psychic told her, head west, as far west as you can go and build a mansion. Build a mansion for you to live in and for all the spirits that have been killed because of your family 
to live in. So that's exactly what she did. She also told her to never stop building, never stop construction. She told her, continue building and you will live. Stop and you will die. So she took that wholeheartedly. She left her Connecticut home, headed all the way west to California, settled in San Jose, and began building her mansion. She bought what originally was a eight-room uh, ranch house, which for the time was really big. I mean, eight rooms. Houses nowadays don't usually have eight bedrooms, but that was clearly not enough for her. <laughs> so she did exactly what the psychic told her to, and she built continuously for 38 years. And this construction went on 24-7, 365 kind of like how our station is ran. <laughs> so literally all day, all night, every single day, every day of the year, she had multiple construction teams and carpenters coming in. So literally every second of the day, something was being worked on. Now you can think there's only so much you can do to a house, how much you can add, how many floors there can be, you know, all these things. How do you keep that going for 38 years? Well, she found a way. She just started doing things really weird. So, in the house, there are plenty of trapped doors, secret passageways, skylights, but in the floor, spiderweb windows, staircases that lead to nowhere, doors that open up to blank walls, and there's also a door on the second floor that opens up to nothing. So, you open the door and you're outside, but you're on the second floor. There's no balcony. <laughs> It's literally just a door, and if you step outside, you're going to have a, a pretty big fall. Um, there's also a door similar inside the house where you open it, and it's literally just uh, like you will fall down to a lower floor. There's nothing, no balcony, there's nothing to stand on. It's just a door, and whoops, you're, you might fall. Um, and of course, doors that open up to nothing. There's also a seance room that has seven entrances, but no exits, which I guess you can't exit through the entrance, but who knows how she got out, but, <laughs> um, and the house itself is built like a maze and a labyrinth. So some of her visitors would say that, you know, you're in one room, you open a door, you go down a hallway and all of a sudden you're in the same room again or you go up or down a staircase, but you're still on the same floor, and it's really confusing. Like, you don't ascend or descend. There's just all of a sudden stairs, and very confusing. They say that she did this to confuse the spirits so that they could leave her alone, so they can, I guess, be entertained trying to find her around the house. <laughs> so, if you want to tally up everything that's in the house... There are 950 doors, 10,000 windows, 40 staircases, 52 skylights, 47 fireplaces, 6 kitchens, and a trio of elevators. So, you know, you don't always have to take those 47 stairs, or those 40 staircases. And there was also a lot of groundbreaking elements for the time which was stuff like wool insulation, uh, carbide gas lighting, electricity, indoor showers, and sewer draining systems. And she also had an obsession with the number 13. 
there was a lot of things that were in groups of 13 within the house. So a lot of the windows have 13 panels. Some There is a door that has like 13 doorknobs on it. Some of the staircases have 13 stairs. You know, 13 is a recurring theme for her. Um, yeah, the house is pretty weird. And even those who visit it today can still get lost. Of course, there are tour guides there to help you. But even back then, when she had her own guests, they were not very happy with <laughs> all the walking around they were doing. And a lot of this stuff, in order to have that constant construction going, was she would tell her carpenters, okay, build this staircase. They would work really hard for months, build this staircase, and she's like, okay, now that you've built it, I want each step one inch shorter. So then they would make the stairs shorter. And then she's like, okay, now make them three inches higher. And to just like keep changing the same thing in order to have things um, keep going. And later in her life, she actually requested that all the stairs be made very short, which makes sense because uh, when she got older, she had walking problems and she couldn't lift her feet high enough to get onto taller stairs. So... Um, a lot of people will complain about that when they visit today because they're hard for people who can walk normally because they're so short. <laughs> but uh, that's interesting. So, sadly, she passed away in 1922 from heart failure. And it is said that when her house carpenters heard of her death, they quit so abruptly that they left half-hammered nails protruding from the walls. So they are literally just done with her. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's nice to have a job, but when your boss <laughs> makes you change every single little thing, I can see how that can get annoying. So yeah, it is now a part of, it's a, uh, classified as a historic house in San Jose. And like I said, you can go and visit it. Um, it's very beautiful, especially from the outside. Like it literally is a magnificent house besides the supposed hauntings and whatnot yeah people nowadays uh when they visit you can there's like certain ghosts that are like famous for being there um especially sarah winchester's so or and especially like in the seance room supposedly she would like invite her friends over and the original psychic who told her to keep building the house and they would try to reach out to her husband or her father-in-law and her baby and like she literally spent the rest of her life trying to appease the ghosts of the those who were murdered by winchester rifles which is kind of sad because it, it wasn't her fault <laughs> like she didn't do any of it but you know she did spend the rest of her life trying to fix it so if that's something you're interested in, you can check that out if you're ever up in the San Jose area. Or they have a lot of information and pictures of it online that you can also check out. It's just called the Winchester House, so that's pretty easy to find. The, one, the next one I was going to talk about it is located in San Diego, California. So that is a much closer drive. And I know a lot of people here in KC are actually from San Diego, so hopefully they have visited. I know DJ Baby Carrots has suggested that a group of us go out and visit it, so I'm calling you out now. We got to do that soon. That way I can have more material. <laughs> but 
Um, this house was built in 1857, and it is has been labeled multiple times as the most haunted house in California. Now, uh, the house has served multiple purposes over its life. Originally, it was built as a home, and then it was a courthouse, a theater, a general store, a billiard hall, a school, and a polling place. So quite an exciting building, if I do say so myself. So the history of the hauntings and the ghosts that can be found in this house start before the house was actually built. So it's actually located in what is now Old Town San Diego, if you guys are familiar with that area. So back when there was essentially nothing there, um, a crime was committed. A man who people call, was it Yankee Jim? He decided one day to steal a boat, and he was unsuccessful. He was caught. He was tried for his crimes, and the court decided that he would be lynched. So they took him out and they lynched him on this piece of land. One of the witnesses to this lynching was Mr. Whaley himself. Years later, he decided to purchase the land and build his family's home on it, fully aware of what had happened there before, but, you know... I guess back then people didn't care as much, maybe. Whatever. He bought the land. And him and his wife built a beautiful home. It's like a throwback Greek-style house. It's brick. It's got the white columns up in front. It's a very beautiful house. They build it. And they have their first child there together. And they also build a general store in town. Well, similar to the first story, Tragedy Strikes... And they unfortunately lose their first child at eight months to scarlet fever. And this devastates the family. And, you know, just to add more insult and injury, um, some people went and burnt down their general store. So they didn't really have anything left for them in San Diego. So they decided to go restart their life in San Francisco. So they move up there. They have a couple more children. But their business up there isn't doing so well, so they scrap that idea and they're like, okay, let's move back to San Diego. And between that window of time is when the Whaley House was all of those things I'd mentioned previously. So they move back, get their house back, and everything seems to be going nice and jolly. And so, unfortunately, or well... Before then, fortunately, two of their daughters were married inside the house. As I said earlier, it was a courthouse also. So their two daughters got married. One daughter had a happy marriage, moved on with her life, moved away, had children, all the good stuff. The younger daughter, Violet, unfortunately, had a very bad marriage. Her and her husband, shortly after getting married, decided to divorce. And of course, this was back in the early or the late 19th century early 20th century divorce was not something neither as common or accepted as it is today and she decided she couldn't live with the tragedy and the shame and she unfortunately decided to take her own life by shooting herself in the chest out in the barn her family heard the gunshot ran out and brought her back into the house into the parlor room but she unfortunately passed away about 15 minutes later inside the Whaley house. So, if you are counting, that is now three deaths on the property. So the family lived on, and 
a lot of different members of the Whaley family have moved in and out of this house, whether it's cousins, aunts, uncles. The whole Whaley family at some point has lived in there. Um, The Whaley parents, unfortunately, a few decades later passed away from natural causes inside their house. And it was then given to, you know, a cousin and whatnot. It stayed within the Whaley family for like the next 60 years. When it finally was brought down to the last family member, they sold it. And then people started to notice, like, hey, weird things happen here. You know, whether it's voices, things being moved, and it became known as, like, this haunted house. And there's also supposedly a ghost dog and ghost cat that live there that can sometimes be seen or heard. Um, People have mentioned hearing the cries of a baby, which they believe was their first child. Um, They can also, if you're in the parlor room alone at night, um, they say a huge feeling of sorrow will come over you. And in some of the bedrooms as well. The parlor room is known to be the where the most activity has happened. And if you guys remember way back to my one of my episodes, I think believe last quarter, where I'd interviewed um, author Greg Bishop when he was researching for his book Weird California, he stayed inside the Whaley house. And he said that, you know, he was there but he wasn't really seeing anything, thought oh, this was all baloney. And he asked if he could stay up in the parlor room while no one else was there. So the employees were like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And he was sitting there and nothing was happening. And then he decided, okay, I'm going to get up and leave now. And then he was overcome with a scent of peppermint, which was a popular perfume scent at the time. And he believes that was from Mrs. Whaley. And of course, the Whaley parents have been seen by multiple guests and employees. Um always in their period clothing. One of the famous stories is one of the employees who was locking up for the night was down at the door setting up the security code and he heard someone at the top of the stairs and he got confused and he looked up and saw Mrs. Whaley in a green plaid, you know, 1800s dress. So he was shocked and she said, Like, what are you doing here? Who are you looking for? And he got so scared that he just ran. And he hadn't finished putting in the security code. So, of course, security system went off. The police were dispatched. And then he was found across the street trying to explain to the cops what had happened. And, yeah. So, Like I said, that's in San Diego. So if you're in that area, you can pop in, take a tour if you're so inclined or so brave to. And even if you don't subscribe to that stuff or believe in that stuff, it's still labeled as like a historic home. And it's in um, Old Town San Diego, which has a lot of historic and other like valuable things to check out and look at. So even if you don't believe in that, I think it's still valuable to experience that aspect of, like, folklore, especially in California. So I think that's pretty special. We're almost out of time, but there is one more place that is even closer by. Very famous. You might have heard of it. It's called the Queen Mary. I've actually got to visit the Queen Mary, so I have a little bit of experience with that. 
Now, there is a whole slew of history with the Queen Mary that I do not have time to get into, but essentially, it's this giant boat, (laughs) and it is permanently docked now in Long Beach, and the same thing, you can, it's a hotel, a venue, uh, you can go take tours there, they have, like, um, featured exhibits that have, like, nothing to do with the boat that are in there. But also a lot of cool historical stuff. It's very beautiful in that area, too. Um, I got to walk around the boiler room, which is one of the more haunted areas. As as its time, Queen Mary used to be a warship. And then it was a commuter ship, and Queen Mary has had a long life. <laughs> so, but there are um, there's been a few deaths, actually, in the boiler rooms of... Um, sailors who have gotten kind of caught up in the machinery and unfortunately couldn't escape in time. And there's also like guests who have just like passed away on the ship, you know, a lot of things. I got to walk around and uh, I kind of went ahead. I wasn't on a specific tour. So I just kind of like the group of people we were kind of walking with like hung back and I was like, oh, I'm going to keep going. And it was very scary down there. It's very dimly lit. It was definitely loud because we were kind of deep into the boat at that point. And yeah, it was definitely eerie. I didn't see any apparitions, but it did not feel like a place that I wanted to hang out at for a long time. So that's pretty cool. Especially because it's a boat. All these other places are houses. But like ghost boat, I think that's cool. When, like, I guess non-conventional things are haunted. So, yeah, that brings us to the ending of this show. If you guys, of course, want to check out those places, that would be cool of you. But if you don't, if you're scared, you can always look up videos on the internet, read all about their folklore and other people's experiences. That's all good, too. So I want to thank you guys all for listening here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I hope you guys stay tuned for the next show. It's called The Art Club. You'll learn all about art history. Even if you know nothing about art history, it will be explained to you. So thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you consider donating to our fun drive so you can keep listening to all these cool shows, finding out about cool stuff, listening to cool music. Thanks. Tune in for the next show because it's going to be a good one.